Welcome to Evolving Humans. I'm your host, Julia Marie, and this podcast is for visionary people like you who are exploring the true nature of reality and want to contribute to the global awakening. You seek to deepen the connection to your multidimensional self so that you can live a more conscious life. My guest today is Tyler Koala, the host of Journey to Truth podcast with his co-host Aaron Kuhn. And he's back today to talk with me about Ancient Apocalypse, a series on Netflix that's Graham Hancock's work. So first, I want to welcome you back. Thank you for taking the time to talk with me about this. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited as always. It was, a great, it was a great show. I finished it. And there's a lot to talk about. And I think it's pretty, ne- it's pretty impressive that that type of information has slipped through the cracks and has made it onto Netflix. So yeah, it's going to be a fun conversation. Well, the first thing I would do is encourage everybody to look at it. It's a distillation of this man's decades-long mission. Now, he's not a scientist. He is not an archaeologist. He is an investigative journalist. And he has written books on the subject matter, like Fingerprints of the Gods is the one that I remember the most. Mm -hmm. And now he's distilled it down into something that I think it's six hours. It's brilliantly done and... Hats off to him. Right. He wrote Fingerprints of the Gods in 1995. That's correct. It didn't get, it wasn't accepted by mainstream at all. Obviously, it got uh, laughed at, made fun of, it got made a mockery of, just like everything does, just like Chariots of the Gods did by Eric Van, Eric Van Daniken. Uh, same, mm-hmm. any, any information that challenges the mainstream history or the narrative always gets laughed at and they want you to think it's a joke because they don't want you to know that we've been here for way longer than they tell us. In the midst of those programs, I don't remember which episode it was in, but he made the comment about how in our current existence, we have advanced civilizations living right next door to what would be termed primitive ones. And so from that perspective, why are we not looking at the possibility or considering the possibility of an advanced civilization that lived next to primitive civilizations in ancient times? And we're talking the Ice Age. Because it rewrites history, and they don't want that. They have their version of history. The victors have their version of history that they want us to believe is true because it allows them to stay in control. And if that na- narrative is challenged, that means it's all a lie and these people aren't as powerful as we thought they were and there it our true history it means that we come from the stars i mean that's what ultimately this means you know it doesn't their entire uh narrative of evolution goes out the window that we evolved from apes and they don't they can't have that because because if we find out that we're all ets and that we all came here as star seeds and we're on this mission uh, their game is over. That's why. That's why they don't want people to know. That's why all the universities and schools and history books all teach the same thing over and over and over, even though, like Graham said, it's been proven wrong. In a lot of cases, it's been substantially proven wrong. And by a number of people, yet they don't change the literature and they still keep teaching the same lie over and over. Well, that's for a reason. That's all by design. It's the indoctrination that they want. They want these people indoctrinated so they parrot their narrative i mean it's just that simple and it's mind control at the end of the day it's mind control 
and to come to the realization that even like the great pyramids which they didn't even cover in that show graham says in his book fingerprints of the gods that he believes that the pyramids could date back as early as thirty-six thousand bc mainstream tells us that they're 2500 bc you know at best which isn't the case and then the sphinx is even older than that you know if you want to look at the erosion and all that stuff because at that time to have that much erosion on the planet we were we have to go way back in history when egypt was receiving rain like that and it was tropical so there's a lot of things that don't add up and there's the concept of giants all over the world which graham doesn't believe in physical giants but i think that's silly because there's evidence of giant skeletons all over the planet and even giant footprints fossilized footprints things you can't ignore maybe that's just something he's not ready to accept yet but he's on the right path and regardless this information is rewriting history he's, it's breaking the script he's going off script from you know any other documentary that we've ever seen and now we're getting some new information that's activating people and people are like yes this makes sense it, it's kind of like ancient aliens without the aliens it's that's that's kind of how i would describe that show that's the point that i like to make is i believe that he did a beautiful job of presenting the possibility of what this might be without actually saying there were ETs that are of a larger race that were here that were personally involved in the establishment of this garden. He didn't he doesn't say that, but there is the potential for people to be able to make that conclusion. Right, they're going to draw their own conclusions. That's why it's actually beautiful the way that was presented because if you start to tell people what happened, people don't want to be told anything. So, but if you keep it as a mystery, for one, that's a great, that's great for television anyway. People like the mystery. So you're going to get people sucked in just because it's a mystery. But at the same time, it allows us to draw our own conclusions and people can connect the dots. And even though they're not telling you in the show, they're talking to you, they're every episode tells you about giants, but they refer to it as myth and legend you know the audience is sitting there on their on their couch going dude no they were real giants like come on but that that's good because it's getting people thinking it's activating people and like i said for this to slip through the cracks i don't know if that's even by accident i think this is all part of the slow drip drip disclosure that we're that we're getting to eventually wake us up to the reality of all of this stuff and there's articles, the mainstream hit pieces on this show say that this show on Netflix is the most dangerous show of all time. What's that going to do? That's a publicity stunt. That's going to get everybody to tune in. So even if you, let's just say those articles were written by the good guys, that's a perfect marketing strategy to get people to watch your show. Tell people it's the most dangerous show that's ever been on Netflix because it challenges history. And everything that the Bible tells us now, we have to rethink that entire story because this this defies all of that. And I think civilization goes back even further than what Graham is willing to acknowledge. He goes back to the Ice Age, but there's been civilizations before that. I mean, come on. We have fossilized footprint, human footprints next to fossilized dinosaur footprints. That is, you can't ignore something like that. You can try and explain it away, but you're not going to be able to. Eventually, Occam's razor, the simplest answer is the answer. And this is thing, these are just things we have to start looking at as a reality. There's been multiple 
civilizations on this planet throughout time. Mankind has come and gone. They've been wiped out. They've came back. Uh, mankind, ETs, whatever you want to call it. Um, this, the history we get handed to us is the history for modern man, our civilization. The earlier civilizations get ignored. And why? The thing that I liked about his presentation was he would point out the global similarities of these stories that have been handed down through each of these different civilizations, like the, the flood, the myth of the flood. It's found in the Bible, but it's also found in many other places. And the myth of the wise traveler, the person that always brings agriculture and here's how you build things and all of that. Where, where does all of this come from? People have to at least start asking the question. Right. Like we said in the last episode, we're all ETs and we come from different places of the galaxy and the universe and we were seated here. Well, when we, when we came here, we didn't come here as primitive beings. We were very advanced and we still had our technology and our craft and we were traversing the entire planet via UFOs or maybe even portals or whatever it is. That's why we see the same theme all over the planet, the same pyramid uh, architecture, the serpents. I mean, you can't ignore the coincidences, the little handbags that are depicted all over the world, if that's even a handbag, whatever it is, it's depicted everywhere. It's not a coincidence. This was the same group of people traveling the planet or traveling and sharing their information with other civilizations and trading or whatever the case is. This was a worldwide civilization that has been lost. Well, we lost it through, uh, um, well, at least in the case of what Graham says, it was the, the deep ice age. And then we have this melting and the rising of the sea levels is what buried it according, if I'm understanding his right. theory correctly. And I agree with that. I think that would explain one that one aspect of it. But like I said, it goes back even further. It goes back even further. But yeah, the I think there's no doubt that it's clear there's evidence of a flood. I mean, you, you can't ignore it. You know, the infants wrote about it in all their texture or textures, <laughs> scriptures. Um, you can't ignore the evidence of the flood. So what did you think about the Atlantis episode? It's interesting. You know, they there's never any good, solid information on Atlantis. I mean, you can find it in some great, there's some great books out there and a lot of channeled information. You know, there's information out there, but as far as the evidence that the mainstream's looking for, there's nothing conclusive, right? I don't know if that Bimini Road that he was exploring, if that was part of Atlantis or not. You know, there's many theories on where Atlantis actually existed. Maybe Atlantis was the worldwide civilization. Maybe the the ringed city was just like the capital. And maybe the Atlanteans existed worldwide. So you're not going to find one central location. What Plato talked about might have been the capital. And those rings might have served a different purpose than we're ever going to know. I mean, there's there are areas on Google Earth that people have found that match that description. <clears throat> and they just get ignored. You know, what, what are those rings? Why are they ancient? Was that Atlantis? 
And there's information that says that Atlantis was once in Antarctica, but Antarctica used to be connected to Australia and every the world, the continents were all different. Pangaea was here. There's people that say that Atlantis is in like the Bermuda Triangle area. Uh, could all be true. And then before Atlantis was Lumuria, which existed apparently between Easter Island and Hawaii. And there's a sunken chain of islands there that you can see on any topographical map that have clearly used to be above water. We have the statues on Easter Island. We have statues on Hawaii. You guarantee there's statues and artifacts and stuff in between on all of those sunken islands. <clears throat> what happened? Another flood, another catastrophe, right? Uh, there's just things you can't ignore that that are going to finally be thrown in everyone's face until we accept it. My personal thoughts on this were that there were there was a specific group of beings from another planet that helped build the basic structure and then the seeded beings that were here had like a leg up but you know whether that's even true or not i don't know but tall beings and syrians being builders it kind of makes sense to me that they might be the ones involved in that helpful aspect of things here right there's there's no question that people were, you know, there were helpers and there might have been primitive civilization, civilizations also. I mean, there were primitive people at a certain time, you know. Uh, it, let's just pretend a cataclysm does happen. We're hit with an asteroid, whatever, a meteor. Um, and all the builders are wiped out. Just like what if it happened now. Like, let's just say you and I were the only ones that survived a cataclysm. We don't know how to make a cell phone. We don't know how to, you know, build a computer. We don't know how to do all that stuff. We have to figure it out on our own. Not that we're from a primitive civilization, but all the people with the knowledge were wiped out. So then other civilizations would come and give them reminders like, hey, this is what you guys are already capable of. You just forgot. And they would help them and assist them and, give, and, and you know, be that reminder they needed to get their civilization kickstarted. So I think that's happening all over the planet. And then you look at like the pyramid, I forgot where it was, um, the pyramid, that the huge one that they had evidence that there were multiple pyramids built on top of each other. Oh, the one in Chihula. Yes, Chihula. Yes, thank yep. you. Uh, well, Norse mythology says that it was good luck to build your home on top of a king's home. Oh. Now, we, we can take that and apply that all over the planet. Because it's like, again, mythology wasn't mythology. That's that's probably what was happening. And that's why a lot of these sites, they kept building on top of each other because it was considered good luck to do so. So if you start looking at these sites as the king's home now, that also makes a lot of sense. These were castles. This was a place of royalty. And there, it might explain why it didn't look like this, the entire civilization was living there. They might have been in the outskirts, but that might have been the quarters or castle or whatever it would make a lot of sense it would make a lot of sense if we started applying that to what we were looking at because it, you'd look all over the planet and there is evidence even in in egypt and giza there's they were building those pyramids on top of structures that already existed they, this was known to be good luck and that might explain why they did that i wonder sometimes if because there are there's evidence of step pyramid structures or pyramid structures worldwide if somehow they were actually some sort of 
communication or some kind of connected communication system of some sort. Absolutely. They were communications devices. They were multi-purposed. They, they were used to communicate with the cosmos. And I mean, there's no question that they're energy devices. That's you can still measure the energy that they're creating right now. If you if you send a drone above the pyramids, they're putting off a beam, a plasma beam, electromagnetic frequency that gets stronger the further away you get from the pyramids. The chambers underneath the pyramids resonate at a frequency that's healing. People go into these chambers and have miraculous healings. They these were communications devices. They were healing devices. They were technologies probably will never understand what, what all the purposes were. Another explanation was that they all assisted in, because these pyramids are all placed on a ley line, right? Well, they, on some level, were assisted in controlling the weather to their benefit to keep everything tropical and thriving in those times. If you look back at the history of those areas, they weren't the desolate deserts that we see them as now. There was tropical evidence of a tropical habitat ecosystem. So maybe those pyramids were used to maintain that ecosystem so they could thrive. There's a number of explanations on what was actually happening there. And I don't know that we'll ever know all of the explanations, but we can speculate. The other thing that was a constant thread throughout the series was the orientation of the structures to certain points in the sky. And in particular, Giza was mentioned and then... Um, Malta, that Malta. yeah, that massive those massive structures on Malta, that all oriented over over who knows how many thousands of years. Those smaller buildings, they all were built so that they would always line up with Sirius. That's fascinating. That's where I kind of got the idea that maybe the Syrians, as builders and architects, have a major role to play in what's happening here. 100 percent you know all these ancient civilizations talk about sirius i mean it's depicted in their hieroglyphs that's depicted in all their artwork it's depicted all in all their structures they're aligned to sirius yeah there's something more there people were in communications with these beings if those beings themselves weren't actually here they were probably pointing towards sirius because that's where they were from you just have to connect the dots it's not that hard the legends of osiris and isis would you go so far as to say they might have been like their lineage was direct ET? Yes. Yeah. I think some of them were direct ETs. Like, like yeah. Not hybrids. <laughs> like they were what we would call the demigods, you know, and they were, it kind of looks like they were playing God, you know, but who knows what actually happened. We, we just have the literature to go by. Uh, there's no question. I mean, even... They're even depicted. They don't look completely human in the depictions. I mean, sometimes you just have to, like, come on. It, mainstream recognizes that Egypt built everything to scale, and they didn't exaggerate. But then when they have these giant structures of these giant humans, then they all of a sudden they're exaggerated. You know, it's like they contradict themselves all the time. Maybe that was the scale of the people at that time or the gods or the leaders, whoever, the ETs. Maybe that was, maybe they were telling us exactly how tall they were. And those structures, those statues aren't a metaphor. 
that's exactly how tall they were. Oh, no, that's something I'd never thought of. But, oh, yeah, because they're pretty big. Well, it's yeah. funny. I'm not joking. I've watched a documentary, and they said that Egyptians built things to scale. So when we, when they have the statues of the people, it, they were obviously taller, this and that. But then when we get to the really tall ones, like 30, 40 feet tall, then all of a sudden that's not accurate. That doesn't fit their exp explanation anymore. They have a... You know, they word cell to explain that. Uh, it's funny. It's funny the lengths they'll go to to explain away the obvious. Well, and I, frankly, now have a new awareness. Giants among yeah. us. Yeah. Right. And it's a Smithsonian cover-up of the giant skeletons, which we talked about, and Native American cultures. I mean, you don't even have to go that far back to get a history of giants. Cahokia Mounds here in St. Louis, they found two giant skeletons with double, row double rows of teeth. And that is an actual existing newspaper article that can be found if you know where to look, that they talk about the giants they found right there in Cahokia. Then they stopped excavating the site. Less than 1% of the entire site has been excavated. Why? Because what's underneath is going to rewrite history, and they can't have that. So the evidence of giants is there. It is there, absolutely. I stumbled across a 1922 article that talked about giants in New Mexico, massive giants that were from a much older civilization. We're talking like hundreds of thousands of years older civilization. And this, this was an article in the Washington Post in 1922. What happened to that? His, what What happened to all that knowledge? It just got buried. The Smithsonian and other institutions take that and they suppress it. They hide it. They'll even burn the evidence if they have to because they don't want us finding out the truth. Because if we find out who we truly are and where we're truly from, their game is over. Well, and I had, I'm glad you mentioned Cahokia because when I went there to visit, the first thing I thought was, oh, this is a big pyramid. Mm -hmm. It's a pyramid. Yeah, their explanation that it was it was built by buckets of dirt is laughable. And, I mean, there was eight, over 80 mounds on that site, and 40 of them existed on the St. Louis, on the Missouri side of the Mississippi River. And they wiped out 39 of those mounds to build St. Louis City. One still stands today, and you can go. There's a little commemorative thing. You can go look at it. It's right on the side of Highway 55. And then there's Mound Road. Um Mount, whatever, I think it's Mound Road, Mound Avenue, something that downtown St. Louis that has one little stone that commemorates all the mounds that were wiped out to build St. Louis and the culture that lived there before us. Uh, you know, we're erasing history by building on top of it also, which might be another explanation of why they build on top of, why kings would build on top of other kings' homes, because they want to rewrite history with their story. You know, that's also possible as well. Uh, but Cahokia, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the base of Monk's Mound, the largest pyramid, I guess, mm -hmm. is matches the base of the largest pyramid in Giza. And, you know, at its base, it doesn't look like a pyramid now, but um, why are those dimensions the same? That's not a coincidence. It feels like a pyramid. And if you're any kind of energetically sensitive when you go to the top of that thing, it's pretty intense. Well, and they tried to drill down uh, from the top of the pyramid and like 40 feet down, they hit this object they couldn't penetrate. They could not penetrate. There's actually, you can read about this. 
um, nothing. The drill wouldn't penetrate it. It was some type of solid stone. And they estimated this anomaly to be 30 feet long and, yay, like, I don't know, six feet wide, 10 feet wide. I don't remember how wide. They, I do remember they estimated it to be 30 feet long. There's a lot of remote viewers and psychics and people who say that that's a giant skeleton in that in a sarcophagus in Monk's Mount. It's a giant skeleton buried also with ET artifacts, technology, scriptures, whatever. Um, I've heard people describe that the box it's made out of uh, is a like a rock, like almost a meteorite type of substance that's impenetrable to us. It's unknown to man. Uh, the backside of Monk's Mound, they have all the trees growing up on it, mm -hmm. and the rest of it's all clear. But the one side, they just leave totally unmaintenanced because my theory, and I got this during a meditation while I was on top of Monk's Mound, that there's actually an entrance back there that takes you underneath that mound. And they just left it growing over, and it's hiding in plain sight. No one's going to dig through that bush to find it. No one, because why would you want to? Poison ivy, all just let it grow over. And that would explain how they can hide a lot of stuff. Just let it be overgrown. And these pyramids that are being discovered all over the world, the ones, the Mayan pyramids in Georgia, that's how they discovered those. They were just grown overgrown by the forest. Well, uh, once you find these things, you can't unsee them. Once you see them, you can't unsee them. But it's so easy to drive right by them if they're overgrown. And that's the other thing that I had that same sense when I was sitting on top of the mound. I felt like there was a way in where those trees are. So that's very interesting. Yeah. For sure. There's no doubt in my mind. And then the Birdman tablet that they found and, and the Birdman, they didn't find a Birdman skeleton, but it was a man dressed in bird attire. And this was apparently their leader, their ruler, the Birdman, whatever they, you know, Quetzalcoatl. Quetzal, That's what I was going to say. Reminds me of Quetzalcoatl. Yeah, however you say that. Yeah. But there, there's that history there. There's that um, theme again, you know, these Birdman from the stars. And when that Birdman passed away is, is the exact same time that that civilization disappeared. There's no coincidence there either. Like something happened. Did he pass away? Did, I mean, did did they move? Maybe they just left. Maybe they, they they weren't wiped out. Maybe they just took everything they had and left. I don't know. Maybe they went back where they came from. Right. And mm -hmm. then you can't ignore the Egyptian artifacts that they found in Southern Illinois either. And a lot of the, the towns in Southern Illinois are named after towns in Egypt. And there's a town named Cairo in Southern Illinois. Why? There was a cave that they found in the 1980s with Egyptian artifact that almost looked like ancient alien artifacts. And they found even gold that, that seemed to tie to the tomb of Alexander. Uh, there's a history to be told in North America that I really hope this Graham Hancock show sparks that within people to start exploring. I'm going to Chaco Canyon, New Mexico area in February to go and we're going to visit multiple ancient sites in that area. And I know there's activations and keys and codes and things there for me. And I don't know what that trip holds, but I know it holds something for me. And I'm really excited about that. So maybe I'll be able to unlock some answers and share what I find. And maybe we can start rewriting history ourselves. I've had the chance to do Chaco Canyon too. It's very, yeah, you'll get some stuff there. It's very, you'll find a place where you can sit and meditate and 
probably get a big download. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of what I'm going for. I want to see what it has for me. I'm being called there for a reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you're familiar with the wing makers, but that was, uh, it, there's a cave near Chaco Canyon where they apparently found all these alien artifacts. It was like a time capsule for all like this advanced civilization. Uh, and apparently that what was in on these tablets described that these the civilization was, was actually a time traveling civilization and they came and left these artifacts for us to find or the future civilization to find and it, it tells us unbelievable incredibly fascinating story uh, that might be very unbelievable if you don't believe in time travel or ets but if you do it makes a lot of sense either way why that area why did they come to that area and if there was an advanced race there to put those there, it would explain the advanced uh, structures that we find that don't make any sense. Again, with those wise travelers that probably came and helped establish yeah. things. Yeah. Yes, our country is young, but the continent is old. And a lot mm-hmm. of the structures that are here are ancient. And you've made a good point. A lot of them, they're hidden in plain view, or they're tourist attractions that are ascribed to a much more contemporary civilization, but they have a very, they have roots in a deep ancient past. Right. Um, I appreciate you taking the time exploring Graham's work with me only because I feel like it's really important. And like you said, it's a wake up call. It's something Mm -hmm. that can hopefully, if more people watch, it'll activate some of that dormant DNA because truth has a frequency all its own. Mm-hmm. And it's forcing people to think outside the box. Yes, exactly. So again, how can people find you? They can find Journey to Truth podcast on YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, uh, Apple Podcast, any audio platform. We have a website, journeytotruthpodcast.com. Uh, our email is journeytotruthpodcast at gmail.com. Everything, just type in Journey to Truth podcast. You'll find us. And then we're hosting a conference next May. And if you're interested in that, journeytotruthcon.com. Come hang out with us. It's going to be a lot of fun.